On this episode of Year One, we speak to Nav Gupta, founder of Charmy World Inc. Charmy is the WordPress of metaverse creation and features the fastest, easiest, and cost-effective no-code metaverse solution available on the market today. Nav takes us on an amazing journey from one business failure to another, health scares, anxiety, and significant financial losses to his latest business venture. Nav has faith, passion, and on a mission that no obstacle or challenge can derail him from achieving. The energy is electric. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Year One, hosted by me, Dio Klopis, and my good friend, Satish Bala. On Year One, we speak to early-stage founders, business owners, and entrepreneurs about the highs and lows of the early years, the challenges and rewards, and everything else in between. So, without any further ado, let's get into this week's conversation. Nav, welcome to Year One. Thrilled to have you in the studio with Satish and myself. I'm going to start off with the first question that we ask all our guests, and that is, why entrepreneurship? What happened in your life that took you down this path that you've decided you're going to go out on your own and do it on your own? This is actually a really good question. I haven't been asked this. Ironically, why go to entrepreneurship? Growing up, I was in high school. I was the star kid. I worked really hard. Everyone already knew that this guy is on the honor roll. This guy's going to be huge. He's going to be big. He's going to be something amazing. I'm like, all right, I'm set. This is great. All I have to do is make the least amount of mistakes and I'm going to be successful. Everyone who's getting DCs, apps, they're stupid. I don't believe in them. They're, you know, whatever. This is what I was built to believe. And then I enter the world. And it was those same C's, D's, and F's people who were the multimillionaires and billionaires who the A's, B's were literally, we were their servants. We were the ones working for them. How is it that I can literally write you down calculus? I could do rocket science if you told me. I could do software development if you told me. And I can't figure out money. And that got me to a point where I was sitting down working at IBM. All right. Literally, I worked at IBM. My parents and I, you know, I come from an East Indian background. My parents are so happy. My son works at IBM. It's great. All my years of learning and everything. And here I was after taxes and everything, bringing home 1500 bucks a month. Working at IBM. And I'm saying to myself, when I went into university, my friends who were in the same type of stuff, they're doing tech. They went the different route. They're like, you know what? And I don't want to say that school is bad. I want everyone to get a degree. Even my family, everyone gets a degree. I don't care how rich you are, whatever. I think there's just a little standard that you just got to have it. But it's more like was led to believe this lie that is the only way to succeed and when i actually remember my friend who went to university here i was learning about an atom then he went and did websites and he created three websites back in the early 2000s on three websites and i'm sitting down learning about an atom everyone told me i'm too young i'm a stupid kid so they, they said why are you thinking that you could be so big and just you, you work up a child to say, you could do anything. You could be anything. Work hard, study hard, get A's. And now when you enter the real world, sorry, don't try. Don't go there. Why are you even trying to become anything bigger than what society has told us that we're supposed to be? And it was at that point I left university for I had my first dropout experience. I went against the grain. I, I'm a lot older now, but uh, when I was younger, you know, I dyed my hair blonde, got an earring. And I was like, Screw the system. <laughs> and I went through this whole kind of a emotional challenge of there's winners and losers in life and this whole entire thing until I entered the so-called world of the losers. Why were they always so like, nah, you, you, they didn't call me now. My full name is Abhinav, right? So, but the, you know, the people who knew me and they'd be like, you don't have real problems. We got real problems. And they were so cool. And I was like, okay, I've never experienced that world. I went into this world of the so-called losers and I realized when I became in this community that it's just human beings who are broken, who are taught things by society to be broken. And I was broken for so many years once I joined that world. And I listened to the bullshit and the nonsense and the beliefs that, you know, are constantly plaguing our society. You can never be X. You shouldn't try. Why even try? You know, life sucks. Everything sucks. 
And even in the 2008 recession, I lost literally everything I had. And that's when I got closer to God and faith. And for me, it was the Bible. For everyone, it's different. And I started realizing, going back to Toronto, because I'm in Toronto, like here. And so whenever I go to Toronto, and there's something called the CN Tower. The CN Tower reminded me that actual building was made before I was born. I was born in 1981. All right. That building was made before I was born. And it showed me the power and capacity of the human mind and spirit. When we come together, we do incredible things. Why are we playing safe? Why are we playing the safe lane? And is life literally, you go, you get a degree, you get married, you get a house, you have kids, and then you die. Like that's society's take on it. And the thing was, we have in us such huge capabilities and capacities. And it was when I was in university, I started back again because no South Asian family will ever let you stay out of university for <laughs> such a long time. Literally, I, was, I left university. I was at McMaster for a little bit, dropped out, went to college. So it, in an East Indian community, if you go to college, you're a dumbass. It's just that, yeah, that's the mindset, right? So every day, imagine I'm going back to my parents' house and I'm sitting down. Oh, look at our idiot son. He's in college. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Right. And, and, you know, then I went back to university, all of these schooling systems, they were made for one thing, in my opinion, that is to teach you how to be a very good employee. That is it. They're training you to be a very good employee, but not really the skills to massive success. And I started learning when I, and back in 2011, when I started going really hard on trying to hit business and entrepreneurship, cause I was like, I could figure out, like I said, rocket science, I could figure out calculus. I have to be able to figure out how to make money. And I've been at that pursuit for the past 25 years towards entrepreneurship and success and these challenges. And in 2011, I worked so hard that I forgot to balance my life to the point where the doctor said, you're going to die. And as a developer, you know, the app industry had just started. I had built over a hundred apps, but back in those days, I had just started, put everything I had. Imagine every day I'd have four monster energy drinks, three, two or three Red Bulls, coffees the size of my head. And my heart is palpitating. And I'm nearly dead and I'm overweight with three kids. I have every excuse. And so for all the fat people or overweight people, I'm going to tell you right now, the excuses that we make when we're fat and we think it's okay, like, hey, look at me. I'm as pregnant as my wife. Uh -huh, I'm nine months pregnant. It may be funny in the moment, but what you're doing is you're insulting yourself, saying that it's okay to, to take a, a break, to not be the best that you can be. And it wasn't until I got the death sentence from the doctor saying, you got to change or else something's going to happen. I started becoming a health fanatic. I started working out. I really got into the gym and I ended up getting my license as an NFPT certified trainer. And so what ended up happening was as I started doing that, once again, you think that, oh, okay, everything is success. And people think inside of the startup world, oh, it's all success. You know, you just happened to success. No, no, no. It's like you're falling 50,000 times. And the only difference between the champion and the broken, right? And I've re-termed those from winner and loser because we're all in those boats. I've been in both worlds. So I don't think there's anything wrong with a broken person. They just need to realize that there's a champion in them. And the only difference is we could have the exact same problems and challenges and every single thing hitting us the exact same way. The champion decided to rise one more time. That was it. I had so many problems. 2016 came. I had a hundred apps in the app stores, millions of downloads. I was going around speaking. All right. And Apple decides something called the IBFA, which is like the whole advertisement thing, because that was the point where it was like, we're Apple. We could do whatever. You've got now X amount of time within a month or something to change all your 100 apps or else they're going to be gone. My entire revenue streams from all these markets being shut down. And that's when I learned about centralization and the power that they have over us. Hence why the whole blockchain world now too. I'm a mix of both worlds, Web 2, Web 3. But the point is for companies to have such power that they can shut off your business like that. It took me to another world. And so I, once again, scared the crap out of me. And here's where I was sitting down. Once again, come up to this point. Lost my business. That was probably my 20th company now run. Sitting down saying, what the F am I going to do with my life? I 
restudying real estate. Why do I even need real estate? My mom was a realtor. I'm studying real estate. I was sitting in a part-time job, helping out someone who didn't even pay me as a construction worker, lifting things. And I'm like, fuck, what have I gotten myself into? As I'm getting my real estate license, I'm getting my bodybuilding license because I've lost my app business at this time now. Why is it all here? And then I, I went and I started teaching mobile apps as a professor at Centennial College. And I got my real estate license. I got my NFPT license. And then I tried again with some tech support stuff. And I basically got clients and I was able to hire people. And I got them a job. So it was kind of like a mix of a hen hunter sort of thing. And I had a massive panic attack in 2017. Completely. And that, that there was a big turning point for me because I was just like, shit, I'm going to die. And for those of you who don't understand that, you think a panic attack is simple. No, I, I really feel for you. Mental health is a very important thing. All right. It is something that everyone needs to recognize. It's there. I use different methods to help me to get back into overcoming fears. And so before that, I was able to fly and stuff like that. I can't fly. I actually have like a flight simulator over here. Like I'm actually training myself to fly again, to learn how to fly. And I'm not talking about flying a plane, just getting on a plane. I can't go in elevators anymore. Like, like that sort of thing. And imagine I'm going to be requested to speak. And so I have to build back these challenges and overcome these fears again. And COVID didn't help because it made it even challenging, more challenging. 2018 starts and here I am. I have a whole bunch of tech skills. I created a few more apps in AR because Apple said AR was going to be big. So I had the first apps in augmented reality in the app store, but nothing was being made money-wise. And it's like when God or the universe does something, you don't know why. And like what Steve Jobs says, you cannot, you know, connect the dots going forward, only backwards. And so here I was, mobile app developer, went to a startup company called Rose Rocket, loved it, beautiful people there. But what ended up happening was, unfortunately, we had a difference of opinion. In my opinion, this is how it came about. After six months of how things would be run. I'm a people person. I truly believe in people. And for them, it was like, this is business. And I, I was like, everyone who came in, I was, I was trying to make sure that I connected with everyone. And it just was not a good mix of culture that they let me go. So here I am now again. I'm like, what's going on? I'm now out of work. I'm on welfare looking for a job with all the technical skills you can possibly imagine. How is it that I can do calculus and all this stuff and I still haven't figured out money? Like this doesn't make sense and I've lost everything. And so then I started applying for jobs, went to Facebook and Unity and I applied to their jobs. And Unity says, listen, we got something here for you. I don't know if it's going to work. It's something new that we call Unity Live Help where people will come in, they'll be able to come on video and using something called Zoom. Back in those days, Zoom was just starting. So you're going to use some video chat and you're going to try and connect with people and help them with their Unity problems. And I'd already done apps for a long time. So I'm like, all right, fine, let's see this. Literally, I'm on welfare and it's literally running your old small business from the ground up because they're not giving you the clients. The clients will come in, but there's no business ethics or anything like that, nothing. And out of all the technical people there, I was the only one with any form of sales skills or business skills because I'd run so many companies already. So here everyone else is coming in. They're like, I'm just a developer. And I was like, if I don't make this work, I die. That was it. I have to figure this out. It's either I eat or I die. And so six months goes by and I'm just constantly, I'm working on the business methods. Customer comes in. How do I deal with them? What is the customer experience? How do I make sure that they can use Unity really nicely? And I'm going to grind in Unity. I'm going to learn Unity so well that I'll be the master of Unity. Nobody can touch me. And 45 reps were in it. Oh, every ticket, I was there. I was like, boom, it was Game of Thrones. I'm like, that's mine. And I was doing a lot of stuff for free. And they were charging per minute. So a dollar US, two dollars US, up to five dollars US, we were allowed. And everyone was scared to even go to five dollars US. And I was like, all right, fine. Heck, I did a dollar for a minute. And then I would just give them half off and stuff like that at the beginning. And then this is what was really funny that started happening. As I started grinding and learning more about Unity and getting into more details, I had solutions that no one else had. And then I also had, because of my sales skills and my background and I, 
you know, real estate and all that. And I was able to bring those sales skills to the table because I'm a dev who can speak to human beings, not as a dev, but as a human being. And that was a set of skills that was, was really unique. As I brought that to the table, boom, people started want, wanting to work with me. Three years later, I went from barely making anything to now I command 300 US an hour every single time making over $250,000 a year US or more, thanks to God above. And as I'm like in the prime of everything, it's going great. Last year was an incredible year. Mark Zuckerberg comes in and says, guys, we're going to change everything to meta. This whole metaverse stuff is coming out and blockchain was there. And I was already making AR, VR, all this other technology. I was, I was already doing it. So for me, it was like, this is my normal daily bread and butter. This is what I do, right? And here's a guy who has all the resources in the world. I'm like, he's going to solve it. And for me, back in the days, uh, you know, back in 2015 and stuff, I started because I love video games. Like I said, there's something out there that's watching us. I ended up seeing a TV show that looked like a video game called Ice Fantasy. It's fluent Mandarin. It's full of Chinese Mandarin. And I said, I want to learn this language. I want to learn how to speak Mandarin. Now, I already speak the Indian culture languages, Hindi and Punjabi. I said, I want to learn Mandarin. I don't know why. It just it was a beautiful TV show and the language started getting beautiful. All of a sudden, last year, when Mark Zuckerberg had announced that, I came up with this idea of saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to make some augmented reality glasses. Let me contact the people in China because now I can speak Mandarin specifically Chinglish, which is like Chinese English. And the person who met with me, she remembered me because I could speak Mandarin. It just blew her mind. And she said, you like Metaverse. There's another gentleman in Vietnam who also likes Metaverse. That was my first business partner. And that's how we got into the Metaverse together. In January of this year, December actually of last year, we started our line in Metaverse but here's the reason why I went all in. And this is a very important reason. I was working at Unity and I was sitting down and watching all the scams. So many people who were literally saying, look at this beautiful thing. It's better than PlayStation 5 graphics. We're going to have this done. It's going to have better capabilities than World of Warcraft. And to give you an idea of what the metaverse is, in my opinion, it is a video game base. It started in the roots of World of Warcraft and then you had Second Life, and then over time you had Minecraft, Roblox, and Fortnite. And then when you added in blockchain, you got into things such as ownership of these digital lands, and then you get things like Decentraland, Sandbox, and Crypto Voxels. So here we are, and I'm seeing this set of people who are marketing and saying, we're going to have this thing. It's going to be better than PlayStation 5 graphics, and you're seeing these beautiful videos, and it's going to have more users and capabilities than the top Game developers in the world at Blizzard who have World of Warcraft who have not figured out yet. And you're going to do that in a couple of years. I was like, these guys are out of their mind. Who's going to be stupid enough to go for this? Hundreds of millions of dollars. My heart was broken. My heart was broken. How could anyone fall for this? How? And that's when it became my mission. I am on a mission to create real technology that's fast, easy to use, cost-effective, no nonsense for the metaverse to bring the masses to the metaverse with a million metaverse galaxies in the next five to seven years using real tech. And that's what Charmy is. And that's what I left. I left Unity. Think about how much I was making, what you've just heard right now, to enter the metaverse. That is how much I believe in this. That is what it takes. And yes, in order to do this and in order to get to this level, you need to be able to burn the boats and say, if I don't succeed, I'm going to die. And that's exactly where I'm at. The only way I see this going forward for me to succeed, I've remortgaged my house. I've done all kinds of stuff. I'm now looking for the right opportunities because I had all those experiences in the past. You can't connect the dots going forward, only backwards. Why the hell did I need real estate today? Real estate, metaverse. Why did I need video games and all this other stuff that happened to me? Look at all this. Why did I need help? If I'm not healthy, I cannot go through these sorts of challenges. It requires mental and physical strength of such a level. It's like being an athlete. It is like being an athlete. There's no way that you can do this without physical or mental health, without 
going through these trenches. And in my opinion, I am built for the metaverse. Whatever God is or that universe is, it put those points in place that today I've got those skills. So whenever I'm looking at, you know, absolutely Mark Zuckerberg and all the others have great opportunities. They've got resources. They got stuff. As everyone else is coming out with flashy demos and they're like, here, look at this. This is pretty. This is this. This is that. I'm listening to the customers. I'm on the ground. What do you want? I'm going to build it. If you could dream it, I can make it because I've got all those years of experience in Unity. Years of experience that there is nobody else who can do it at the speed levels because I've trained like that. I trained at a speed level that I had to get these solutions done or else I wouldn't eat. I don't know how many developers train like that, but from my end, if I did not help my customers get the solution, and even if they couldn't find it online, you could never find it. I had to find it. I have those solutions that no one else has. And that is the key there. And that's what's helped me to speed through this at a level of speed. And sure, there will be better developers who will come. But what I've created with Charmy is a technology that is focused on the customers first and what they want to see in the metaverse versus just a pretty, here's a presentation and we want to show you what's so cool, but why, why are we even using metaverse if it's not going to serve us? And that's the difference. And this is why I think I'm going to succeed. Nah, my God, that so much to assimilate. And I've got probably 3000 questions off the back of that, but I'm going to restrict it just to <laughs> I want to go right back to the beginning, right? If you don't mind. Sure. So at school, everyone said Nav is going to be the man. He's going to achieve everything. And you went from one failed business to another failed opportunity, to health scares, to mental health issues, more failed lost income, lost your livelihood. What kept you moving forward now? Why did you not give up and go, you know, F this, I'm going to go be a storeman or something like that. Go find a safe environment. What, what was that drive? Faith, God or the universe put me on this planet for a reason. What am I going to leave? Be what do I plan to leave behind? The 500 years after my death, people will know I walked on this planet. Every one of us, we've got a gift and it is our duty to take that gift out. And there's no one quite like you in the world who can do it other than you. Stop playing in the safe zone. Keep everything you've got so that when you leave this planet, you have no regrets. You gave everything that you've got to the achievement of what God or the universe put in your heart. But there's so many people who are in a position, who are working a job that they know that they should not be in. They're doing stuff in life that they know they should not be doing, right? That is the most detrimental thing is why I even try. For me, it's I've got a mission. And every day that I have that I'm alive, God has blessed me with another day alive. And that's what 2017 taught me with the panic and attack where I nearly died. Every day is a gift. And if I'm alive today, I'm going to do what God has put in my heart. And that is the very best that I can be. He's put these gifts inside of me. I'm on a mission to change humanity by creating beautiful technologies that can push humanity forward. The type of stuff that I think about, it's not just, oh, here, yeah, I've been given tech. I think about the types of solutions. Like I saw a child drown when they were crossing back in the war of Syria. They were crossing the river. The child drowned. What I'm thinking about is, what is the solution to take the water out of the lungs, reignite the synapses? Can we create nanites to do that? This is the level I'm thinking about. And every one of us has the capability of thinking about human solutions. Instead, what the hell are we doing? We're wasting our time talking about race and the color of our skin. I think it's the most stupidest thing I've ever heard. Stupidest thing. And you're wasting the time of humanity, which human beings are at a time of human nature that we could go further. We could go so far. And when I look at the CN Tower, that's what reminds me that was made before I was born. Before the 80s, we had technology to build towers that big and people had landed on the moon. Why are we hell-bent with the latest of technologies sitting down? I had to go to libraries to find data. You got this at your fingertips today. The information and knowledge in front of you that you could be a multi-trillionaire and you aren't using it? <laughs> yeah, what I mean, that is the thing. That's why, that's what drives me, like friends. That's what drives me, is I'm on a mission here to be the best I could be. So every time I meet wonderful mission-based people, you know, uh, the, the mission is born out of life's hurdles. 
And you've got a, a log book of moments, man, that, you know, continue to evolve you and push you forward. I've also been studying a lot of psychology lately, trying to understand the human brain. Um, also the young brain, you know, when you're, when, you know, I'm in the K to eight space and we're looking at little people, human development, um, that education is not doing for them. I'm curious when you look at, you know, uh, your journey so far, the word resilience throws up, comes out to me. The most, you know, the most common thing in all your narrative is, you know, they couldn't keep you down. You fought through, you're resilient, you keep pushing through. When you look back at sort of the origins of your story and being this high school kid and now, you know, going through all these hurdles, what other words about your own life pops up for you? I would say many people are here to achieve a certain goal. What that means, it's a daily lifestyle. So many people are after a destination. Like once you achieve it, that's it. But for me, it's a lifestyle. What is your ongoing lifestyle? And I want to make it congruent. And it's got to be a lifestyle for me that maximizes my joys and memories. Because that is what we can actually take back is how did I touch and change lives for the better? That one day when I die, there's going to be people who are going to cry or feel happy that they knew me. And who are those people who are going to be coming to that? Who are those people going to feel like so proud and happy that they knew me and also very sad that I'm gone. And if I have not touched and changed enough lives to do that, what good is the money? Money is wonderful, but money, just like muscle, this is what I left the gym. Everyone wants muscles. No muscles are a byproduct of you doing the right habits. Just like money is a byproduct of you doing the right things and the right things in my opinion are touching lives and changing lives around the world. How many people have I touched and changed today? If I want to be a billionaire, touch and change a billion lives. If I want to be a trillionaire, touch and change a trillion lives. I will be a billionaire. I will be a trillionaire. The thing is, we're human beings, but everyone else that goes after money, they don't know why they're going after it. And so when they've got these grandiose plans and they don't know, have a reason of why. So for example, when I say I've got billions of dollars that I've got to get to, Okay, tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars. It's because when I'm telling you the technologies that I want to create, I want to be the next Elon Musk. I want to be the person who's creating the technologies that will increase our lives. We've got nanites going in, in increasing the telomeres so that our cells can continue on forward. I want to be able to actually teleport. I want to create stuff like the stuff that you see in Star Trek. I'm a bit trekking, right? It's not going to require small amounts of money. It's going to require billions and trillions of dollars to make these new technologies that will push humanity forward. So when I say I'm going to get billions and trillions, I have a why. But everyone else, when they say, I want to be rich, I want to make millions, I want to make billions. No, you just want to make a certain amount of money so you can show off to your friends. Right. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And one of the, yeah. common, <laughs> one of the common things I hear all the time being a serial entrepreneur is that, you know, it is lonely at the top. And I think part of the loneliness comes from not having people that can see the the extent of your vision, you know, the, the, the pure pursuit of a, a, a lifestyle or legacy or commitment to human that only you can see and feel. Um, and, and you are like 10 X that for me right now. Um, you know, the morning, the morning shot of energy, this podcast is something I want to listen to when I get up first thing in the morning, I'm like, get up. Get out your bed, yeah. go hit the gym, do that stupid <laughs> yeah. push-ups and go. But do you yeah. do you have folks around you that that allow you to be this all the time, or do you have to play small to not scare people? Uh, and that's a good point. I go through tears. I'm surrounded by too many who do not understand and will not understand because they cannot understand. And that is the key here is you're living in a world where you know the world is round and you've been brought back down to earth where everyone knows it's flat. And that is a challenge. So you need to keep yourself going. And that's why faith is such a solid thing for me. Because when I, and I'm not against anyone else's faith. Do what, do you. That's between each person and them. For me, it's my Bible. I'll sit down and I'll just read. And it's like, yo, when there was challenges, that's my solid ground. I know that there's someone out there 
who believes in me. And so I go to dead people. I know you're saying, what the hell, this guy? Whoa, he just went a little crazy. Dead people, the people in the past who wrote books, they wrote this down. I talk to them in their books. I understand their biographies. I read their biographies. I read their notes. I read how they succeeded at their times because they were human beings here before us that wrote down the keys to success. And they went through the same hell that many of us are facing now. And that's why I'm finding it actually, it's a little bit easier now for us. Even though it looks, yes, everything I'm saying is very hard. Success is hard work. It's not going to be easy. So all of you want to cover it up and think it's going to be easy. No, you can't get success by just playing nice and doing nothing. You must do the work. But there's a lot of help around that you need to go to. And if, it's, if you are surrounded by people who do not understand that or you know, surrounded by an environment that does not support that, then you need to go to the people in the past who went through the same things. And that's why I've read over 150 books on success and motivation. Think and Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and even part two of the book with the quadrants. Understanding how so many people went through these adversities. Tony Robbins, great mentor. I love him. And then Joe Lowstein, you know, I, I love listening to his stuff as well. It's so important because you can be taught these messages in several ways. You can even be, you could be taught it in a positive light or a negative light. Everything can be taught in those two ways. And for me, I kept listening to those who brought in a plight. A passionate life, right? You listen to E.T. and Eric Thomas and stuff. And then powerful when I'm going to the gym and it's, help, it's helpful. It's really important to understand, especially if you're in a position like mine where everyone around you thinks you're crazy. Everybody thinks you're crazy, right? Like I'm on the verge of divorce. I'm, I can't even speak to my family or my parents or my friends. I, like, like when people say, oh, they changed. They became rich. No, man, I couldn't handle your level. Your level was not at the level that I'm at. I'm trying to get to a different level and you're trying to hold me down because every time I'm going to speak to you, I'm going to hear, oh, I just am at the same deadbeat job and I have to do the exact same things. Why don't you leave? Oh, because I can't or else I can't afford my house and my car. Okay, so how was your day? My day was great, man. I did a lot of cool things. I went to Toronto. I crushed it over here. I was speaking over there at that event. Did you see that news article about me? It was great. I just went on this amazing podcast with Satish and Dion. It was incredible. And at the same time, I went to this party. I got 50 people taking photos of me. How about you? Shit. You don't have the oh, answer, Ray. <laughs> you don't have the answer, Ray. <laughs> you do not have the answers, Ray. It, it becomes a point where they come up to you and they wish that they could have your life. But the way, here's the thing, you cannot have it because you decided not to do the things that you had to do. And it, you can have it, like, like anyone can have this if they decide to do the work. But it gets to the point where you have decided not to do the work for so long that we are at such levels of trajectory, right? And it's a one degree, if you've ever heard of that, where you're going at the same, at the beginning, it looks like you guys are at the same, you're parallel, but you're off by one degree. And that one degree is the difference between boiling water and not boiling water. That's how big of a difference it is, especially when you go further out. And so there's going to be times where you're going to see me. And I may be at the point of the broken. I may be at that point, right? And I want you to imagine two parabolas, one which is going like this and one which is going like this. The broken will be at the bottom half and the champions will be at the top half, but there will be a, a point where we're at the exact same level. And the broken think that they're great because they saw the champion on his cheat day eating the same shit that you're eating. And you think that you could do that and get ripped at six pack abs. But guess what happens the very next day? You continue that shit and the champion doesn't. And then boom, here's the trajectories. And you're like, why the fuck is my life fucked up? It's because the champions, they work hard when they don't want to. When they say, when the body says, I'm broken and I can't do this. When you got tears in your eyes and you're like, I don't want to go and do this. And the whole world doesn't believe, man, I got tears right now and I don't want to say it. Everything is against you. And they'll call you insane. And just this past week, I had two people trying to throw me in the fucking asylum. 
And I'm saying, what's my crime? What's my crime? Is I'm a technologist who believes he could do a lot of stuff, but I am not making the level of money right now. And that's the point here is I've made that level of money, so I know how to do it. I've also been at zero. I actually have a couch downstairs that I got when I was younger, when I couldn't even afford macaroni. I had to pick up macaroni for $2 and feed my wife because she was having my son because that's all we could afford. And I starved that night. I starved that night. I have that couch still as a reminder, no matter how big I get, no matter how high I get, never forget that every day is going to be a challenge. It's incredible. I'm telling you, that's how it is. <laughs> Nav, so the reality is that you are fired up. You are 10x anyone I've met, right? But the hey. reality is you must have your low days as well, your small days where, you know, you don't have that energy. You don't have that fire in your belly. What is your coping mechanism? How do you get yourself back to that? Now, 10x. I love it. No, it's gratitude. It is gratitude. And a lot of people, they're not grateful. Yes, I want to do better in life. Everybody wants to do better and have better things. It's coming back to gratitude. What am I grateful for today? I'm so grateful that I could talk to you guys that you think I'm valuable enough to talk to. That is huge. That is huge because I grew up in a society that told me because I'm brown, I'm not valuable enough. Or that I was young at that time, I'm not valuable enough. That I could never make it. My parents said, hey, you're never valuable because our society says, well, you're not a doctor. So you're an idiot. So the fact that I've got people around me who think I am valuable enough, I'm grateful that you guys have a podcast for me and that you're coming and interviewing me. This time is valuable. Time is something that we cannot get back. So I'm grateful to even give you guys some of that time. And what keeps me going is that faith that one day this is going to be incredible. And I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, oh, hell yeah, I, 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 I really enjoy this where I am today because I know how hard I worked for it and how much went into it and how much challenges and, and the people and, and, you know, where I am today. And I still know nothing. I'm always learning. I still know nothing. And where I am today is because I'm standing on the shoulders of other giants who believed Today, someone's hearing me on this podcast because of giants like Satish and Dion, maybe I get to that next level, right? It goes out and someone hears this and they come and they get charming galaxies or they get inspired and I'm going around and I'm helping other people around the world with my technology or, or what I do, right? It takes me to the next level. I don't know which angel is going to come and touch me and boom, that's the next level. So every day is a gift, you know, and, and I look at what I can do in every single day because I've nearly died several times. And when you've nearly died, you understand what your life is there for. You don't play nice anymore. You're not here to waste time. I don't have time to waste. Any day could be my last. So, yo, I'm going to enjoy my life. I don't care about, yo, I, when it comes to um, my spouse, I don't care. I'll go and I'll have fun if that's, if that's what it is. Like, that's the thing. This is another thing. The whole monogamy stuff, I'm not even for that because the other day, I'm not joking. I know it sounds funny. But we're going to have a point where we're living a thousand years or 10,000 years. Are you really going to be married to someone who's making you miserable for 10,000 years? Are you kidding me? So then we have to reinvestigate this. Like we have to reinvestigate what society has taught us as the ways, right? And I'll go back to biblical because I know some people are going to come at me biblically. Go and read your Bible. Jesus himself said that marriage was made for human beings, not for God. It's written in the Bible itself, right? I know that's a bad example. And people are going to come at me and say, oh, okay, you believe in this? I believe in happiness and doing your very best. It's like a tool at the end of the day, if I take a certain tool and it doesn't perform, what good is that tool? If you are there and your gift is this and you're not performing your gift because someone is coming at you. And once again, I'll go back biblical. Samson and Delilah, the second his hair got cut off, he lost all his power. That was because he listened to someone who he shouldn't have been listening to, right? This continues down inside of that biblical Job story of Job. His wife said, give up on God and go into the bushes and die. And the man continued and he got triple his value because he believed. My point being, if you play nice and you don't go with what God has put in your heart or whatever that creator of the universe has put in your heart, then you are going to do a disservice not only to the world and to God, but yourself. 
Because guess what? Those people that you're trying to impress, they don't give a shit anyways. They're pissed off anyways, whether you do it or not. Whether you listen to them or not, they're going to be miserable. Because that was made for you, not for them. That gift was for you, the way you're going to bring you. That's why they will never understand. And so that is the challenge that we need to understand is surround ourselves with more people who are doing that. And that's why now I'm going out to the communities, I'm meeting others who have that sort of mindset. And the ones who don't, nice meeting you. Sorry, we're not in the same level. Tanya said it. People are seasonal sometimes in your life. They come and go. Um, I'm curious for you to explain Charmy. I've been on your site. I follow you. It's a great... Yes, let's get into the business now. (laughs) uh, Tell us a little bit about what what is the company? And is it a marketplace? Is it a product that people use to build their own? What is the product? What is the service? Who, Who is this made for? Absolutely. This is made for the next generation. When the internet came out, everyone was like, man, I have to learn programming to make these websites. It's so hard. And then along comes something called WordPress. And now today, most of the people, if they're going to get into business, they're going to be like, okay, I need to put up a website, WordPress. And now you've got things like Wix and so on, which have come out. And I said, let's create that for the metaverse. Why? Should we have everyone spending 15 years learning video games and so on? If you go and type in, how do you make a metaverse? They're going to be like, okay, you have to learn Unity or Unreal, or you have to learn a whole bunch of technologies and all that. Why can't there be a no-code, simple click-drag solution that just works like you would use WordPress? And that's what Charmy is, a web-based, no-code solution that you put on your server, or you can have Charmy Cloud on our servers. And we just take an A record, which means you give us your domain, and we create a subdomain called Metaverse. So metaverse.domain.extension, like metaverse.charmy.com or metaverse.google.com, right? And that becomes a standard. And so now within 24 hours, you'll have a full Galaxy up and running, click and drag. If you want to just make changes, no problem. And the full multi-user experience works. Right now up to 10 users at a time, they could come in via Google Chrome browser and Mac PC and even an Oculus Quest in VR. And you could connect with everyone, build these beautiful worlds, plot to lens where you could jump from plot to plot and from galaxy to galaxy. We've made it really easy for you. We're continuing to upgrade the technology to bring what people want in the metaverse by hearing what the customers are saying that they want to see rather than here's some cool looking pretty pitch deck. All right. Hopefully if you buy my land and give me millions of dollars and we sell it off to somebody who's just as even more foolish to buy it, then we'll all make money. I'm sorry. That doesn't work for me. I want to make sure that when you guys have unlimited land, you're creating real communities. That's what Charmy's about. And bringing people together again right. in ways that we have not experienced in a long time. So can you give me a use case? Like, who, who, who is it? Is it Desi Fest buying a land and organizing music concerts on the land? Is it school? What's the use cases that you think the masses will like? This is a good question. This is exactly the key is I don't have a good answer. And here's the reason why. The metaverse is being defined by all of us. We are yet to see what those killer apps of the metaverse are going to be like the next Netflix or the Google. And that's why I want to bring these tools to market so that everyone can start exploring. And already with the exploration, rather than spending hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars or waiting for months, if not years, before the technology that others are saying will exist, you could start now. And one, uh, a few use cases I'll tell you that have come up. NFT artists who want to create the galleries. That's one that everyone's using. Education, people coming in. But the interesting ones, for example, are the ones that we haven't thought about. I had a use case of a headhunter come in. And imagine right now when you're looking at jobs, right, job postings, and you're going through thousands of just text. It's very boring. Imagine with a galaxy, a charming galaxy, you can have that person come in to where they're about to work. And the job description is sitting right there on that desk where you're about to work. And you can see the environment you're about to work in. And at the same time, the actual person who's working there, who's your hiring manager, comes into the same experience and does your interview there from anywhere in the world. That is a beautiful example of how the metaverse will be a game changer in that one industry. Now I urge everybody to come and get Charmy and figure out how to do it in your industry. And there were many who did that, who became the first in their industry at the beginning of the internet. Some people came in and they said, I'm going to start an online bookstore. And that bookstore kept on Iterating and iterating, and they started figuring it out. And pretty soon they got Amazon of today. And that's where we're at right now. You don't know where we're going to start, 
and you've got all these different things. Uh, I think Pizza Hut was the first online place to sell food, right? They were the first ones. If you go and check out some of that history, back in the 90s when the internet first started, there's a lot of people who were trying it out. We didn't know where it is. And even today, the definition of the internet, it's a living thing. You ask a kid, a child, and you say, what's the internet to you? It's what connects me to my iPad, which I can watch YouTube. Ask a grandparent. It's a box that sits in front of the TV that allows me to connect to my grandkids. And you ask a web technologist and they'll say, it's a lot of HTML code on a lot of servers. And they're all right. And that's the beauty of this. The metaverse is going to be defined by all of us. I just want to bring the tools to the market that make it easy for you to do so without having to worry about time loss or massive money loss down the drain to figure out what this is for you. And then later on, as we grow and expand, and as the laws get more and more favorable for crypto and blockchain, we'll start adding that in as well and start taking a percentage of the marketplaces and the various transactions. And we'll have our own stuff as well. But our goal right now is to help all creators out there to figure out why do you need the metaverse? How can you make it work in your life? What's the unique thing that you're going to bring that's going to make this an incredible experience for generations to come? Nav, I've got a quick question for you. So the metaverse at the moment is massive. Web3, blockchain, and people are commanding a lot of money to mm -hmm. build these solutions, right? Yep. So Tisha and I just worked on a project that was millions of dollars yep. worth. And that's where we actually met. So you're coming in here at a $99 a month solution. That's you right. are offering people this opportunity to enter the space. And then you obviously have your enterprise solution as well. Yeah. You are disrupting this marketplace. Massively. You are taking away an opportunity for people to make a lot of money building these solutions for companies. How, what challenges do you see with that? And how are you actually going to position yourself? Because there's also this perception that sometimes cheap as shit. Yep. And, and if you coming in and you providing a solution that on the face of it, seems impossible for that type of money. How are you going to counter that? Absolutely. And I've dealt with this a lot and I'm constantly dealing with it. It's like, all right, you guys want to pay me more money. That's completely fine. And so instead what we're doing is we're trying to get metaverse solution partners. And these are people who will take Charlie solutions and then they'll go and charge those higher rates, but not just the higher, but provide real value. If you don't know how to get into the metaverse, no problem. Or one of our MSPs, metaverse solution partners, We'll be able to help you out. And they'll even be building your plots out. They'll be like metaverse architects. We've got more jobs that are going to be created in the metaverse coming up. And we're already defining a few of them. Charmy is going to be the first to lay out many of these things. The whole point is right now with Charmy, and this is the key here, is to go out to podcasts like you guys and to go around the world and show them that there is an alternative and that you have no excuse not to get into the metaverse. I want to showcase that. But the challenge here is that I sleep every single day at night knowing that those solutions that you talk about exist. And when I see some of those solutions, it's literally like I could have made this in Charmy in a couple hours and for a fraction of the cost. And these guys had engineers and so many people who came out and it was just like became an ethics play. And at the same time, it's like, I know that in the future, if I continue down this path, who do I want to be? Do I want to be the person who's scamming a lot of people? Or don't want to give fair value for fair results. And yes, over time, I might change the pricing. So yes, of course, get in now while it's good. But the point is, at the end of the day, we're going to find other forms of revenue. If we get to a point where we've got a million of these galaxies, the reason why I'm doing that is because I want Metaverse to succeed. The others are looking for a quick cash grab, in my opinion. No offense to anybody. I know that there's lots of people doing it, but they're looking at from the end users who are getting these Metaverse galaxies, a quick buzz on the marketing because that's what's hot right now. So I could do metaverse, boom, I get the buzz out. Wonderful. It's going to work for about six months to a year. All right. Then those companies are taking advantage of that fact right now that, yeah, hey, you know what? It's going to cost millions. And, and it will. It will when you're going into like fully customized, massive galaxies. But if you're talking about something that you could create in Charmy very simply, and I'm seeing some solutions being charged at those high rates, I want to get to those levels. And with that, with a million galaxies, we'll have real metaverse where it's undeniable that metaverse exists. And that's what I'm looking at here is I want to have so many of these galaxies that people have created that it's like, oh yeah, the metaverse is truly there versus 
we have these horror stories that like out of all the ones that you just said, Dion, out of, let's say 10 of those solutions, how many of them actually got some value back from that, from those experiences? Did they get more customers? Did they grow their business? If they did not, what's going to happen is pretty soon it's going to go back into the world of fad. And I don't want that. So I'm actually battling for the metaverse while the others are battling for their pocket right now. And that's fine. I know in the long run, when I do the right habits, just like I learned in the gym, eventually it will come. And it didn't take me overnight. All those people who are overweight, you think that it's going to be fixed with these 90-day programs and you're going to get ripped. It's the, that is the most grueling type of workout you'll ever have. It took you 15 years to get to that body. It's going to take you at least 5, 10 years more to get to another body style. So it's a lifestyle. It's the same thing with this, in my opinion. It's consistency, showing people that there is an alternative, getting to the million metaverse mark, where we've got the million metaverse galaxies powered by Charlie. And then it's undeniable that metaverse exists because we've got so many users using it that all those who did do those things at the beginning, sure, they, they won at the beginning, but it's kind of like apps at the very beginning. You had those foreign apps that made $250,000 that was made in an hour. But if you try that today, you can't do that. You have to make an app that has real value that people will use or else it's just going to be deleted. I've got my last question about Charmy, sure. if you don't mind. So yes, when you start a business, part of it as well is to know what the end goal is. You know, the end goal is what does my exit look like? So for Charmy, is it a case that you are building something? You've mentioned you want to provide a a technologically advanced, low cost option for the mass. That's, that's one of your missions. But you also mentioned earlier that when you went into varsity and things like that, you said, I'm on a mission to make money. So if I look at Charmy, if a Google came to you and bought it for an insane amount of money and you weren't able to control what happens to it, that's one exit option or the other is. I'm going to see this through and will always be the disruptor. Right. We'll always want to be the innovator and provide a value adding solution. What, what does that look like for you? So good question. And so what I meant by the money stuff earlier was I wanted to figure out how money worked. So that's, that was the key there is I could figure out calculus. I could figure out all that stuff. I couldn't figure out how to make money. Why was that? So that was the point I was trying to say is I started learning those techniques. Over here, where I learned ultimately was provide value, real value people, and the money will come. It's a byproduct of that. And so everyone is chasing money and they're not providing the value that they need. And so when they actually fall on their face and they wonder why, well, guess what? When you chase money, it's very easy to lose your customers because another person who beats you a price, you've lost. But when you provide value by being indispensable, by, by creating a product or service that they can't live without, that feels like magic. Like right now, how many times have you done this where you're rolling your phone and you're like, where's my phone? That's magical. And when you create products and services that are indispensable, that people require, this is exactly what happened with Netflix. Then as Charmy becomes that in-house thing and as we start increasing, our cost will slowly increase, but there will be nothing in the market like Charmy. And my goal here is not to just throw down a whole bunch of costs on everybody. I want to make sure that when we're increasing costs, that we're delivering more value, that we're delivering better stuff for a lot of people. And now to the exit portion, I don't think I would fully exit. I'd still be a part of it. But if I do end up going anywhere, it's going to be continuing to create new technologies and pushing humanity forward. And so every single time I'm going to be presented, and I've already been presented with several opportunities, I sit down and I say to myself, well, what am I going to be doing? I'd be doing Charmy. I'd be doing the metaverse anyways. So there's no point in me selling it at this point. I think if there is an opportunity for a sale or any of those sorts of talks, I might actually go public first and then, you know, allow it to grow. Or I may actually um, wait several years when the actual metaverse industry is like solid, where now I'm just at a point where it's like, okay, like where the internet is today, where it's like the internet no longer needs someone saying, you've got to check out the internet. It's not, it's now. It's part of our society. It's actually become for many a necessity. It's a, like water for people. Like in certain countries, they're like, you need the internet, right? So what, it's going to get to that point, in my opinion, with the metaverse, as we start getting into glasses and augmented reality and so on, we've got the second layer of this 3D world surrounding us. 
once it gets to that point, there's going to be other players that come in who could do things better and more successfully than Charby. And even the engines will change and so will the technologies. At that point, I may look at a certain set of exits, but only to now continue creating more new technologies that help push humanity forward for the better. And that's my, that's part of my daily. That's, that is my destination. It's every single day. How am I serving this world by creating new technologies or, or pushing forward humanity? I do that for the first several hours of the day. Then I spend time with, you know, my friends and fans and community. And then I spend time with my family and then with myself and just pray to God in the mornings. Like that's, that is my life schedule. I, I want to have that as a good balance. And that is it getting to that balance where that is my life and I could do that forever. And this, this is a lovely segue into the last segment. So we end the podcast where essentially what I'll do is I will throw out three words and for each word, I would like you to tell me in the context of your business and where you are, what do these words mean to you? So the first one is actually family. Family is a very important thing. So for me, I actually have like a hierarchy. I go God first, then me, myself, because if I'm not alive, then I, who am I serving? Uh, and then comes right after that family, the people who I'm training as well. My disciples, they're very important to me. The people who I'm actually teaching all the stuff that I've learned. And then afterwards comes my friends, my followers, my fans, and then the haters. They get, they get sometimes. Thank you for hating on me because without you, I wouldn't be grinding so much. It's important because people think that we don't need haters, but without the haters, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And then the second word is team. That is a good one. So the teams are changing all the time. The first and foremost is, especially for people like me, I think in the, when you're a founder, when you're creating something, it's not easy to get the right team members because you're criticizing everything, right? Because no one can really do it like you. And so I try and find systems to help me get rid of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then bring on those teams. And so it's like, okay, if I'm handling all of this stuff, I need a person who I can train. So let you try and replicate that portion. Here's a team member, just do X. And I try and do that because I have to understand not everybody, and this is a challenge that I'm trying to learn, right? And it's a learning thing. Not everyone can get to my level. It's not an easy thing. I know it, it sounds messed up. It also takes a level of hard work that the majority just don't do. And so the thing is now, when you get to that level, you need to now get rid of you. <laughs> that is the, it is a very hard thing to let go of those reins because it's like, yeah. Well, do it because I've been trained like this and I've been working this hard. Yeah, but you need to let go of you to get you, if that makes sense. Yeah. You want yourself, you need to basically find a way to give you back some time so that you can actually be with yourself and actually grow. And the only way to do that is with a team. And the last word is entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. It is for me, it's a word that I don't even know because this is who I am. It's the best way I could put it. It was never a word for me. It was just like, it was something that people use to define my lifestyle. You know what I mean? So for me, yeah. it was never a word. It's like, I'm a human being. This is who I am. So this is part of my identity. So when people say entrepreneurship, that's just my life. That's my day-to-day -day life. So for me, it's life. Right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Nat, all that's left for me to say is it's been a pleasure. I must tell you, our typical podcasts are between 30 and 40 minutes. We've spoken for over an hour now, <laughs> and very little of it was actually about Charmy. Uh, right at the beginning when we met, you said, we're going to get the real you. The real you has been an eye-opener. It's been inspirational. It's thank been you. great. So I would like to really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for sacrificing your time to be on this podcast with Satish and myself. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I wish you everything of the best. And if people wanted to follow you or get any information about you, where would they go? Honestly, the best thing anyone can do is go to chaarmi.com and support me on my journey. Buy a Galaxy. It's just 99 to 149 US dollars a month. Get into the metaverse today. Get yourself set up. Start learning about the metaverse. Start exploring this future. It is going to come. 
And my hope is that I can get as many of you involved as well. Come join our Discord channel. We're here serving every one of you to build real technology that you guys can use that will benefit you and bring you guys to new levels that you've never seen before using the metaverse technology. That, that would be incredible for me. And I'd be so grateful for all the support from everyone. Amazing. And on that nap, thank you. It's been real. We'll chat soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Year One is hosted by Dion Kloppers and Satish Bala and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. It is engineered by Bluemex. For more Year One content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit Bluemex.io to join us on Discord.